Pray. Father, thank you. What an incredible gift. New people. Forgiven people. Recreated for a future that you would choose. So Lord, now inspire us with your word as you fed us at your table. That we can stand strong. That we can be centered in you. That we can make a difference in this world with our lives. Because of everything that Jesus Christ has done for us. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat this morning as we go ahead and turn our attention to the Word here. Well, we are in a in a series called Life Change, and uh, what we're doing in the series, remember, is uh, looking at some of those steps, some of those principles in Scripture about how life change can happen for us, how God can accomplish that for us, and um, you know, kind of remember we've gone step by step here and. Uh, Kind of been doing under the, the key verse from Isaiah 57 that says, uh, I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn, bring words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace, both near and far, says the Lord who heals them. So remember, it's about him being able and desiring uh, to heal us, that he wants to lead us. He'll do it with comfort and compassion, uh, but he's going to bring us through life change. And so we'll go from where we were to being people that live with praise on our lips, and we're going to be folks that have this peace in us, and not just any old peace, but, but an abundant peace. And we talked about so far, okay, so how does, that, how does that happen? And we said step number one is, look, you just got to remember uh, your dust. That is that uh, you just don't have it in and of yourself to make that kind of life change. Uh, but step number two, there is a God uh, who has the power to do that. And step number three, you need to just surrender to that God and just uh, give your life to him and put him in charge of your life. And, and step number four, when you do that, uh, you get to let go of the garbage. Remember last week was take out the garbage? You, you get to let go of the garbage, right? So we carry on, uh, carry on from there. And today, uh, it's about taking the actions that show... We really did what we said we we're going to do in step number one, two, three, and four. You know, that we surrender our life to Christ and we say he's in charge of our life. But now we got to actually put that into action. That It's not stuff that we just say, right? We just kind of say, well, yeah, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. I'm all about him. But we, we actually live that way. You know, that we actually put that into practice. We say that he's in charge. We are like clay and he is the potter. Right? That, that we're just this lump of clay, but he has this, in great, this great design for our lives, this, this great plan for our lives, this great purpose for our life, and that now we just release ourselves to that plan, and we actually start acting along that plan. We believe in that, and we start acting that way. Let's uh, start with Romans 12. It says in Romans 12, uh, brothers and sisters, so he's talking to the faithful here, right? Brothers and sisters. God has shown you his mercy. So I'm asking you to offer up your bodies to him while you are still alive. Your bodies are a holy sacrifice that is pleasing to God. When you offer your bodies to God, you are worshiping him. Don't live any longer the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. And you will agree that what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I highlighted one phrase there for you. You want to say that with me so we all get it? You ready? And you will agree that what he wants is, it's right. That's the step we're talking about. 
that, that you're going to say, listen, I, I'm going to surrender my life to Christ, this person, but I'm going to agree that, that whatever he wants and whatever he's taught is right. It means that you and I have to start looking at our life and start comparing it over and against what the scripture has to say, what his word has to say. And we start changing our life according to his word. That, that we come in line with what his word has to say. That, that we no longer debate it, we don't think about it, we don't kind of toss it here and back and forth. We just kind of say, listen, I, I have surrendered to Christ and I'm going to do it his way. I am going to agree with everything that he says, I'm going his way. You see, what this means is we don't lo no longer put ourselves in a position where we get to kind of decide and say, well, you know, I can't... I like what the Bible says about this forgiveness stuff, but I'm not so sure about some of this other stuff. You know? I mean, I kind of like what the Bible says about this or about that, and I agree with that, but, but this other stuff over here about how I'm supposed to do this and how I sacrifice that, you know, I'm not sure that I kind of agree with that. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Not, not if you're serious about the previous steps. Not if you really say, listen, I'm going to surrender my life absolutely and completely to the person of Jesus Christ. Well, if you do that, you've got to start living that way. And so now you get shaped and formed by his word. So here's the image. we got uh, clay pots over here, some really nice, beautiful pieces, right? Uh, and uh, do you suppose that when those pieces were being formed and fashioned, that the potter sat down and kind of said to the clay, uh, so clay. Uh, what do you think? What, what would you like to be? You, you tell me, and I'll just kind of try to do my best to make you into whatever it is you want. I mean, it doesn't work that way, right? I mean, who has the vision and the idea and the skill to make those pieces? Not the clay, but the potter, right? And the clay just comes into agreement with the potter. The clay just says, okay. Whatever pressure point, however you want to use your hands to make this happen, it's good with me. You just kind of come in agreement with what the potter is doing and what the potter wants to accomplish in your life. That's what we're saying. That you just need to come into agreement and say, listen, it's no longer a debate. I'm just going to come into agreement with what he says, what he wants to do. I'm just going to let my life be shaped by what he wants. So where does it start? It starts then with our thoughts. That we need to start thinking differently. That's what Paul said in Romans 12. If you go a few verses up from where we were, he says, don't live any longer the way this world lives. Okay, so how does this world live? How do they think? Well, this world lives and thinks like, well, I'm going to do whatever is to my advantage. I'm going to do whatever what pleases me. I'm going to do whatever what I feel good about. I'm going to do whatever I decide is uh, what I really want. Amen? Am I right? I mean, it's kind of world thinking, isn't it? It's all about me, right? Well, he's saying, wait, that, that's not the way you think anymore. He's saying, let your way of thinking be completely changed. Completely changed. What does that mean? you got to go the other way. That, that if you surrender your life to Christ and you say, listen, his word now is going to shape, form, and fashion me, I'm going to think differently. I'm going to think, I'm not about me anymore. I'm all about him. 
I don't live to please me anymore. I live to please him. It's not about what I think anymore. It's about what he says. And you start putting that word and that way of thinking uh, into your life. You start believing what his word has to say. If you look at Proverbs 17, it says, sensible people. Anybody here want to be sensible? Good thing, right? Sensible people keep their eyes glued where? On wisdom. That's his word for the Old Testament. That's his word, right? They keep their, their eyes glued on his wisdom, on wisdom, on his word. But fools' eyes wander to the ends of the earth. He's saying, look, this is wisdom. His word is wisdom. And, and you just need to be glued right there. And you need to start applying that into your life and think differently. Let me give you an example of how this works. You may be somebody out there that really struggles with uh, depression, right? It's got a hold of you. And, and this is one of those things that, that God wants to free you from. Well, how in the world is that going to happen? Well, you, you surrender to Christ. You say, listen, Lord, you, you've got the power to do that. Those are the steps we talked about already, right? You surrender that to Christ, but you have to also now start acting and start thinking like you actually believe what you just did is true. That he can control this. He can overcome this. He can free you for this. You've got to start thinking and pouring the word into your life. So that when you wake up in the morning, instead of waking up and looking in the mirror and looking at yourself in depression and saying, what a horrible failure I am, you've got to look in the mirror and start thinking what the word says. And the word says, in Christ there is no longer any condemnation. That everybody in him is an absolute new creation. You've got to start thinking what the Word says. And the Word says when God does His creative work, He looks at it and says, Oh, man, it is good. You see, you've got to start thinking the Word. You've got to start thinking the wisdom of God. Not your own wisdom. You've got to think God's wisdom and start applying that Word into your thoughts. And that goes for all of the things that challenge us, you see. If we're really committed and we're really surrendered to Christ, we surrender our thoughts and we bring those in line with the Word. And we say, wait a minute. No, the Word doesn't say I'm a failure. The Word says I'm a new creation. I'm made in the image of Christ. That's a completely different Word. How would it be if every day you get up in the morning and you start your day and you say, God, listen, this is your day. It's all about you. And I want you to just take control of my life. And I want you to control my anger today because I don't want to let the sun go down on my anger. And I just want it gone from my life. And anything is possible with you. Wouldn't that change your day about how you deal with the anger in your life? You're thinking different. You're thinking God thoughts. It starts with thinking your thoughts. And this happens daily. This isn't a one-time shot. This happens daily. In Matthew 6, when Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, look what he says. He says, give us this year our yearly bread. No, he didn't say that. You're watching, right? What did he say? Give us today our daily bread. Is this a yearly thing, a monthly thing? No, not at all. This is a daily thing. 
You, you got to do this daily. This is a process that happens every single day. When you start thinking God's thoughts, and you start applying that word into your life on a daily, hourly, minute by minute, breath by breath experience. And you actually surrender your thoughts to Christ. And you allow him to begin using your thoughts to reshape you. And reshape the way you see you. So Jesus says also there in Matthew 6, So, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Day, of its own. Isn't it great that Jesus gave us permission to recognize we're going to have trouble in a day? This isn't easy stuff. But it's possible stuff. Why? Because you surrender your life to Christ. And God is able to do this in us. But it starts with taking the action of changing our minds changing our thoughts and letting the word take control of our thoughts now it's not just our thoughts the next place is not only do we let him start taking control of our thoughts but we also let him start moving our actions and we say listen I surrender my life completely to Christ I believe that he can free me from this I'm gonna start thinking the word in my life but I'm gonna act equally on that word in uh, Philippians 4 uh, Paul says uh, now dear brothers and sisters again talking to the faithful right now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise so that's the thought stuff that we just talked about right okay look what he says in verse 9 Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw uh, me doing, then God, the God of peace will be with you. I highlighted in verse 9 some key words there. What does he want us to do? Well, he wants us to start acting like we actually believe it. That, that as we put that word into our life every day, we start letting that word be the center of our thoughts that we start acting on that word. What's it mean? It means we don't wait until we feel like it. We don't wait until we feel like acting on it. We act on it because we know it's true. And we just start acting on it. So if you're struggling with depression and, you, and that's got a hold of you and you start thinking God's thoughts about that, you say, wait a minute, I'm a new creation in Christ. With God, all things are possible. He looked at me and he said, hey, listen, I'm good. You start acting like you believe that. And so you push yourself, you allow the Holy Spirit to push yourself, and you start actually acting that way. So like you try to keep putting a smile on your face. And you start acting that way, and you look for opportunities to laugh. And you start acting that way. And you look for those moments in your life where you can, you can, you can actually share some joy. You see, you may not feel like it, you may not be in that place where, where you're, boy, I feel like laughing, but you do it anyway. Why? Because you just know that's one of the ways he's going to shape you. And the more you think that way, and the more you begin acting that way, the more you're actually going to be that way. So we keep putting that into practice. If you look at Galatians 5, he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So who's supposed to be guiding your lives? The Holy Spirit. So it's not like I feel like doing this. That's me guiding my life, right? 
No, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide my life. I'm going to let His Word shape me, influence my thoughts, and then I'm going to act on what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, whether I feel like it or not. I'm just going to act that way. And He says, then you won't be doing what is what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own intentions. You're not going to feel that way. Right? It's going to be fighting against you. You're not going to feel that way. But, but the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, let's, let's do it anyway. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's, let's do it anyway. Because we know the word is true. We know the word is true. And in Christ you are a new creation. We know that's true. And, and with God, all things are possible. We know that's true. And when God looked at his new creation, he said, it is good. And we know that's true. And so we act on that truth, whether we feel that way or not. Now, we don't do that in isolation. And this is a really important part. We don't do this in isolation. This is an experience that has to be shared by other people, that other people become an opportunity and a gift for us to be able to keep moving in that direction, for God to use those people like he uses the potter's hands. Right? It says in 1 Corinthians 15, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. What does bad company do? It corrupts good character. What does that mean? Simply, listen, if you struggle with alcohol, for instance, probably not a real wise thing after work to go down to the bar and hang out with the boys and convince yourself you're going to have soda and beer nuts. Probably not going to work, right? Because you're putting yourself in an environment that lends itself to corruption. So just don't, don't do that. If you struggle with pornography in your life, when you get home today, you need to get on your, on your guide there and you need to block out all of those X-rated channels that you get from cable TV or satellite or whatever you got. Get there and block it out and just say, listen, that's not an opportunity in my life anymore. You see what I mean? you got to create the opportunity for the influence of the right influences in your life. That's why we're doing Celebrate Recovery. Because we know this principle. This is a God principle. And we know you need to be in, in a group. You need to be surrounded by other people. So some of you have been coming now for the last few weeks, you've heard these messages, and you're like, yeah, you know, I got this thing I'm struggling with, and I, you know, I know Christ can beat it. If I just give it to Christ, I know he can beat it, and it, you know, but it's just me and Christ. It's just me and Christ. That's it. Just me and Christ. We're going to do this together. Me and Christ. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. It, think about it this way, and I, I use this example all the time with people. It, when you look at Christ and you look at the cross, okay? You look at the cross, the cross has a beam that goes this way, right? Up and down. Absolutely. You've got to have a relationship with Christ, up and down. Me and Christ, me and Christ. That's all good, right? But you also have to have a relationship that goes this way. If, if you take that cross beam off the cross, what do you have? A pole, right? You've got a pole. What do you need to make the cross work? Well, you got to have the cross beam. You can't just have the pole. you got to have a cross beam. 
You can't just do me and Christ, me and Christ, me and Christ. You gotta have relationships with other Christ followers to get involved in this so they can shape, form, encourage, and strengthen you in being the masterpiece God wants you to be. That's why you gotta come Monday night. Don't convince yourself this is just me and Christ. No, it's gotta be me, Christ, and other people. If you're on the fence right now and you're thinking about it, come Monday night. Because you're looking at a principle that it says in there. Ecclesiastes 4 gives us a great image of this principle. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and what? Defeated. If you try to do it alone. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. What's the principle the scripture wants you to get? The more people you get engaged in your struggle here, the more people you get involved in supporting you, the more they can do what God wants to do in your life and help you overcome this. You need to be here Monday night because iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend. That's just biblical wisdom. And remember where we started today. We're going to apply scriptural truth into our life and do what it says, whether we feel like it or not. We just do it. And that's the biblical truth. Why is it all important? It is all important because we believe that God is working in our lives just like the potter works to shape those pieces of clay into incredible masterpieces. Aren't those things gorgeous over there? I mean, that's pretty cool stuff. They're masterpieces. And that's what God is wanting to do in each of our lives. That he has a plan, a purpose, and an agenda for our lives. And he has the power and the will and the desire to create a masterpiece out of our lives. It says, for we are God's what? Masterpiece. Now, the trouble is, we don't get to choose what that masterpiece is. I mean, the clay, when it was there with these pieces right here, right? The clay didn't get to say, now, listen, Potter, before we get started on this, uh, I know you're going to make some pieces that carry water and you're going to make some that carry wine. I, I want to be a wine piece, okay? I don't want to be a water piece. Make me a wine piece. Right? Well, no. <laughs> we don't get to choose. The potter gets to choose what the masterpiece becomes. That's the way it is in our lives. All we do is believe the truth that whatever it is God has in store for us, is better than we could ever think or imagine for ourselves. That he is ready to work and make us into that masterpiece. It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us. How long? Long ago. He's been thinking about this moment in your life for a long time. The potter has been imagining what your life can become. And he's just waiting for the moment. When you say, I'm no longer mine, I'm completely his. And I'm going to take the actions now of letting my life get shaped by his word. I'm going to take the action now, letting my thoughts start being his thoughts. I'm going to take the action now of acting on that, believing in that, whether I feel like it or not. And I'm just going to absolutely believe that God has a masterpiece future in store for me. Now, one of the key steps, once you believe that, one of the key steps in believing that is being able to deal with 
the grudges and the bitterness that may still be in your life. Now, we talked last week about giving up the garbage, right? But that was about giving up the garbage about your own actions. The next step in the process is as he's creating this masterpiece, you got to make sure that you take the action of getting rid of the grudges. Getting rid of the grudges. That's what it says in Mark 11. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. Notice he says first. Do you see that? So you're, you're, you're praying away and you're encouraging your relationship with Christ. But he says, listen, if, if you're doing that, that's awesome. That's great. But if you've got a grudge, what are you supposed to do? Stop doing that and go take care of the grudge. Why? Because the grudge gets in the way of God's masterpiece work in your life. If you're carrying a grudge and resentment against somebody, that's going to get in the way of what the potter wants to do and fashion in your life. And so you got to just go deal with the grudge. Hebrews 11, look after each other so that no one fa no, none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterwards, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You see, that's what kind of interruption it can cause. If you're hanging on to bitterness and grudges and resentment against somebody else out there, it's going to get in the way. It's going to get in the way. The potter can't do what he needs to do to create your life into that masterpiece because you're holding on to that. And so you just need to take the action. You need to start using your words to not only strengthen yourself, thinking on good thoughts on the word, right? But you need to use those words to heal those other relationships, to let go of those grudges. You look again, it says in Ephesians 4, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. You need to start speaking those words into other people's life. What does it mean? When we're talking here about forgiving other people, letting go of the grudge, it's not just you doing it in private. You need to go to the person. Now, there's only one caveat to that. When you go to the person or... If you know going to the person will create more hurt, you don't do it. But if going to the person can be an opportunity to get rid of the grudge for you and them, you got to go talk to them. You got to go share the words with them. You get what I'm saying? The only caveat is if you, you don't go there and open up old wounds just to rub salt in it, right? You go there because you're letting go of the grudges. You're getting to a new place in your life and you hope they are too. And so you go there and use your words, you use your words to heal the situation and get the grudge out of your life. Now, if you follow with me this morning and you follow these steps and you get serious about not just saying, look, I'm going to commit myself completely and absolutely, but I'm going to act. I'm going to take the actions to let God become shaping my life through these steps. You get to that sense of full commitment of really being completely committed. It says in Job, so commit yourself to God how much? The answer is completely. Thank you. Completely, right? 
reach out your hands to him for help. Get rid of all of the sin you have. Don't let anything that is evil stay in your tent. Then you can face others without feeling any shame. You can stand firm without being afraid. You can be sure you will forget your troubles. They'll be like water that's flown by. Life will be brighter than the sun at noon, and darkness will become like morning. That's life change. You'll be secure because there is hope. You'll look around you and find a safe place to rest. You'll lie down and no one will make you afraid. Now look at this. Many people will want you to show them your favor. If you take these steps, if you let the master, the potter, just go ahead and have his way. Let his word sink in. Take the actions whether you feel like it or not. Get rid of all the grudges and the bitterness in your life. Go ahead and share those words. You take this step and start acting like you're completely, absolutely committed and surrender to Christ. He will create a masterpiece. That's what potters do. Potters create incredible pieces. And that's what God will do in your life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and um, we just want to be that lump of clay. Uh, we want to let go of the bitterness, the grudges. Give us the right words to do that. Open the right doors so we can speak those words in love. But uh, help us to get our thoughts in the right place. Help us to go ahead and act, whether we feel like it or not, but just act by your, the prompting of your Holy Spirit so that our lives can move forward and, and we can surround ourselves with those people who will strengthen us and, and encourage us and just keep us uh, being shaped and fashioned into the masterpiece that you want to create. Lord, we are so excited because we know what you want for us is better than we could think or imagine. So have your way with us and just create that incredible peace because we're all yours. We're all in. We're all about whatever pleases you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.